Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. We are back for another Tuesday episode here, but this isn't a regular Tuesday show. It's kind of more like part two from yesterday because normally I would go over the injury roundup. I'd go over all the top waiver ads. I'd do that all together on Monday, but we just had so many injuries to cover that I had to make the call and I had to turn it into two separate episodes. So today we're going to be talking about the top waiver pickups and it's a pretty good week for the waiver wire. There's lots of names that I'm interested in picking up anyway and you might already know that because you might have checked out my week seven waiver wire column that went up on Monday night. And because we're doing this on Tuesday, it's kind of weird. Normally this episode would go before that waiver wire column, but you've already gotten spoiled on all the top pickups. So hopefully you check that out. If you haven't definitely go check it out. It has like 50 plus players that I cover. I break it down into a bunch of different categories, you know, depending what you might need this week, depending how deep your league is. And I got you covered. I talk about guys who are around that 50% rostered mark all the way down to players who aren't rostered in any leagues. But for the waiver wire show, we're just going to stick to the main pickups. And I'll tell you how I'm approaching each position before you have to lock in those waiver claims tonight or Wednesday night in some leagues, which I actually think is kind of the better date to do it. But it's okay. Most of the leagues I'm in are still Tuesday anyway. So what can you do before we get to that, though? I do want to mention again that this is just a killer week for buys. There's six teams on buy, the Panthers, Bengals, Cowboys, Texans, Jets, and Titans. And when you combine that with all the injuries that we talked about yesterday, it's going to be a tough week set in your fantasy lineups, but we're going to see if the waiver wire can help here. So let's start with quarterbacks. And there's one name that just stands out way ahead of the rest in terms of QB streamers this week. And this guy might be worthy of every week fantasy starter status, to be honest. And spoiler We've talked about him the last three weeks in a row as the best quarterback pickup on the waiver wire show. It's Sam Howell on the Commanders, and he's not playing the best football that you've ever seen, but all we care about is whether he's getting it done for fantasy, and he is. He's QB 13 or better in five of his six games this year. He just finds a way to produce, whether it's rushing a little bit, or this week he had three passing touchdowns despite having kind of low yardage in that game, and now he gets a Giants defense who just lost a really tough one to my Bills on Sunday night, so Howell is by far the best option out there if you need a quarterback. After him, gets kind of ugly, and it's so ugly that the next best option might be whoever's starting for the Giants, and it's probably going to be Tyrod Taylor since the quotes that we're hearing about Daniel Jones makes me a little bit worried about that neck issue that this could be more of a long-term thing. That's not for sure. That's me just speculating, but Tyrod, aside from that failed audible at the end of the first half that Brian Dable definitely made him hear about, Tyrod was pretty composed. He played pretty well in that game against the Bills, and He's always been a decent NFL quarterback. I would say he's an above average starter for sure, but the Giants are going against the Commanders and they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So Tyrod is a possibility if Jones remains out. If Jones plays, then he would be the guy that I would mention in that spot. Then you have some of the injured guys too, like Jimmy Garoppolo with the back issue. He would get the Bears defense this week, but it's kind of sounding like he's going to miss a game. A Baker Mayfield with the hand injury. Seems like Mayfield's going to be fine. He should be able to go against the Falcons, but he's still a risky streamer. And then after that, it's guys like Josh Dobbs at Seattle and Derek Carr versus the Jags and Kenny Pickett at the Rams, and Desmond Ritter taking on the Bucks. You don't feel great about any of those options. And if you're in a deeper league, if you're a little more desperate, we're going a little further down here. 
you could look to some of those injury replacement guys. So Aiden O'Connell, if he gets the start with Jimmy G, if Jimmy G can't play against the Raiders, a Tyson Bajan, we talked about him yesterday. He's stepping in for Justin Fields. The two rookies are going to have to face each other on Sunday, but they're more two QB or super flex plays for fantasy. And then if you're in one of those deep two QB or super flex leagues, you might want to think about stashing one of the Titans backups, whether it's Malik Willis or Will Levis or both of them. We don't know who's going to get the start in week eight. Certainly doesn't seem like it's going to be Ryan Tannehill due to that injury. So you're going to have those two young quarterbacks compete in practice over the next couple of weeks. Whoever wins that, they might get at least one or possibly a few starts. Might even be the Titans starter the rest of the season, to be honest, depending how bad that Tannehill injury turns out to be. Uh, you could also consider stashing the Patriots backup. So Mac Jones, he's probably not going to hang on to that job much longer. I mean, maybe he'll pull out of this, but you have to be worried based on what we've seen so far. So Malik Cunningham, he got signed to the main roster last week, but there's also been reports that Will Greer, he could be the guy that gets a chance if Jones is benched. I'm not sure I'd feel great about any of them, but that's just why I'm mentioning them as deep, you know, two QB or super flex format kind of stashes. Enough about the quarterbacks though. All right, over to running backs. This is where the fun is this week. So we have the guys who are close to or over that 50% rostered mark that are kind of just hanging around that area. And they're guys that I've written about before. They should already be rostered in your league, but if they aren't, make sure that Roshan Johnson and Tajay Spears and Zach Charbonnet and Jeff Wilson and Jaleel McLaughlin, make sure all those guys have homes. They should not be floating out there on any waiver wires. Then we have the guys who are available in a lot of leagues, and they're all making the list thanks to injuries this week. So Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason on the 49ers. Mitchell, 28% rostered. Mason, 6% rostered. We still haven't heard a real update on Christian McCaffrey. All we know right now is that he's dealing with oblique and rib injuries and that he got the MRI on Monday. I'm sure we'll hear something about it today. Maybe he plays in week seven. Feels like he's probably going to miss at least a game or two. I know there was a report right before we came on that there is a chance that he could be out there. It is a Monday night game, so they're going to have an extra day to get him healthy. The 49ers do have a bye in week nine. I talked about that yesterday, so could make sense if they want to rest him for a couple games here. He could get a ton of time to get healthy and to feel right and be rested up for the second half of the season. I think that would make a lot of sense. And now if that happens, that would pave the way for Mitchell, right? And possibly Mason too. But I think Mitchell is the one that you want to go with here. People have been kind of debating it over the last 24 hours or so. Mitchell just came back from the injury last week. He had missed a couple games. And immediately Mitchell was the one who was playing as the number two running back in terms of snaps behind CMC in that Browns game. Then McCaffrey got hurt. And Mason outsnapped Mitchell from that point on. But Kyle Shanahan got asked on Monday if he trusts Mason as the top running back if CMC were out. And Shanahan started his answer by talking about Mitchell. And I'll read you the quote here just so you can judge for yourself. So Shanahan said, Mitchell's earned a ton with us over the years. I think Elijah, when he has been healthy, has been as good of a back as there is. He's just had a hard time staying healthy. But I also can't take anything away from Jordan. I mean, every time Jordan's got his opportunities, you guys see how he's done. So both of those guys have done very well. Elijah came back and practiced late last week on Thursday. So he got really one true day of practice in. And that's why Jordan got the first nod once Christian came out. But we've got two really good players there. And that's the end of the quote. So to me, 
That suggests that Mitchell will be the guy in week seven if CMC can't go. That's how I'm reading it anyway, that if Mitchell had more practice time last week, that he would have continued to be that guy even when CMC went out. And I think that makes sense since Mitchell has produced as a starter in this offense in the past, and that's why he's the one that I'd be prioritizing over Mason. But I'm adding both players because... It's like when we've talked about the Dolphins' backfield in recent weeks. You just want pieces of these plug-and-play run games, and Mitchell would be an RB2 in fantasy if CMC were out, but I like having both those guys on my roster. So if you can find a way to grab either of them, or if Mitchell's already rostered but Mason's out there, put in a small bid, try to get Mason on your team too, just in case, because like Shanahan said, Mitchell himself has not been able to stay healthy for long stretches. So if CMC were to miss time, would not be shocking if Mitchell also ended up missing time. And maybe by the end of the season, we could see Mason get a start here. Then we have the Rams backfield. So they lost two running backs in week six. We had Kyron Williams, who now is expected to miss at least a game or two with an ankle injury. And then his backup, Ronnie Rivers, he's going to be out a month or more with a PCL sprain. So that opens the door for the rookie, Zach Evans, who got his first regular season touches of his career on Sunday and if you followed my stuff in the offseason you know I liked Evans as a prospect then he fell to the sixth round so you have to factor that in that the NFL didn't really love him as much as I did and that made his road to having a role in the NFL a little tougher and now it looks like he is going to finally get his shot here to start potentially one game maybe more we don't know and that's unless the Rams do bring in a free agent and I will say When I first heard the report that Leonard Fournette was going to be visiting the Bills today, my immediate thought was that it was just a leverage play for him to get more money out of the Rams because the Rams are the ones that need a running back. The signing just didn't make sense to me as a Bills fan. So maybe his agent floated that out there that the Bills were going to have a visit with him and he could use that as a negotiating tactic with other teams, whether it was the Rams or someone else. Who knows? Because apparently the Bills visit now has been canceled Maybe it never existed to begin with. We really don't know with some of these reports. Either way, unless the Rams bring in a veteran like a Fournette or James Robinson or Ronald Jones or someone like that, then Zach Evans has a chance to prove himself in week seven and he'll have Royce Freeman backing him up. And in that scenario, Evans would be a high-end RB3 for fantasy. So somebody that I certainly want to pick up this week. We also have Craig Reynolds on the Lions and David Montgomery. He's going to be out for a little bit with a rib cartilage issue. And that's straight from the man, Dan Campbell. And Campbell also expressed some optimism that Jameer Gibbs could be back this week. And remember, Gibbs was out in week six after he suffered that hamstring injury late in the week in practice. It's a short turnaround here for a soft tissue injury. If that did happen on Thursday or Friday, you're going to have just a little bit over a week to get Gibbs back here. So I'm not confident that Gibbs is going to be ready just yet. We're going to have to watch the practice participation. If he is out there, will they really load him up on volume coming off that injury a week ago? I don't think they will. So Reynolds has a chance to start if Gibbs is out again. And in that scenario, he would be a low-end RB2. Or at worst, if Gibbs plays, you're going to see Reynolds in a committee with him. And I think he would be a flex option in fantasy if that were to occur. Uh, some other running backs that I want to mention here, uh, Kareem Hunt got more work in week six. He's a flex option and he's also available in 64% of leagues. Latavius Murray could be a flex option too. Now that Damian Harris is likely out, I could see a few more touches for the veteran there. Assuming Buffalo doesn't sign another veteran back like the rumored report that they were going to bring in Fournette for a workout. If they are interested in bringing someone else in, then 
certainly Murray's role is not going to change. Uh, Devin Singletary, he's on bye this week, but he saw an uptick in work during the Texans week six game. So he's somebody that you could stash in case we see that continue coming out of the bye. And then if you are in a very deep league, you might want to snag one of those veteran free agents like a Fournette or James Robinson or Ronald Jones or some of those other guys who are out there just in case they do actually sign somewhere. And if they fall into good opportunity, all of a sudden their fantasy value is going to skyrocket. But that's for really, really deep leagues. You could take a shot on them there in more shallow formats. I don't think you really have to worry about it too much. Over to receiver. I know people are questioning Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jamison Williams. I'd be holding on to those guys if you can. They're still around that 50% rostered mark, and it's not hard to envision them making a big impact in the second half of the season, so hold on if you can there. Otherwise, we're looking at Rasheed Rice on the Chiefs. He's available in 55% of leagues. He's another guy who I talked about last week, and he came through four catches, 72 yards in that performance in week six, and he's back up to 50% playing time in that game. I would expect that his role is going to continue to grow and we'll see those snap shares start to increase even more in the coming weeks. And he already leads the Chiefs receivers in targets and receptions and yardage and touchdowns. And he's earning targets at a really impressive rate, given the fact that he just has that part-time snap count. So if you didn't get him last week, if he's still out there, you're probably going to have to spend up a little more to get him now, but I think it's worth it. I think you should do that. Uh, shout out to Curtis Samuel on the Commanders. I mean, 34% rostered right now, but he's scored touchdowns in three straight games. He's topped 40 yards in all but one contest this year. Jahan Dotson just hasn't done anything during his sophomore season. I thought we'd have this breakout coming this year after what he showed last year and after what he was showing in the offseason and in the preseason and how the beat writers were talking about him. It seemed like everything was lining up for Dotson. And then all of a sudden the season starts and I can't explain this disappearing act. It doesn't make any sense unless he's playing hurt, but Samuel keeps producing. He could be an every week flex option for you in that offense. Lots of other flex types too. I mean, Josh Downs on the Colts, Rashid Shaheed on the Saints. Now that Derek Carr's arm's a little healthier. Michael Wilson, the rookie on the Cardinals. He has over 55 yards in four of his last five outings. Wandale Robinson on the Giants. If you want to subject yourself to watching Giants games, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but he is a guy that you could look to as a potential flex option. And then some dart throw guys. I think these guys are better stashes than anything. I wouldn't really want to put them even as a desperation flex in my lineup, but in very, very deep leagues, you might have no choice. Regardless, Jalen Hyatt on the Giants, Marvin Mims on the Broncos, Jonathan Mingo on the Panthers and Mingo's on by this week, but I'm still putting them in this little category with these other rookies. They've all shown something Hyatt and Mingo. They're playing a lot. So the catches are going to come here. Mims is producing on his limited snaps, but if the Broncos are selling pieces before the deadline, Mims could see that playing time grow in the second half of the season. And I expect that we're going to see the production for all those guys ramp up as we go in the remaining game. So I like all those guys as stashes. We'll keep moving on here to tight ends though. And Michael Mayer making me look good. The, the stash section in start, sit, stash, quit. It has been strong. It has been a source of fantasy value the last couple of years, really. And there's been talk of me writing a weekly stash column. I think I've even mentioned it on the podcast. I think even last year I mentioned it as a possibility. I just haven't had time to do it. So it continues to be that little gem in start, sit, stash, quit. I mentioned two players you could stash every week. And more often than not, they've turned out to be good picks. And Mayer was in there last week. 
I noted that a breakout could be coming since he played a season-high 66% of the snaps in Week 5. He had 39 yards, which at the time was a season-high for him. Plus, he had Austin Hooper. His playing time was going in the opposite direction, and that continued in Week 6. You had Devontae Adams, their star wideout. He's playing through that shoulder injury, so the Raiders really needed somebody else other than just Jacoby Myers to step up, and Mayer was the one that did. Five catches for 75 yards on 81% of the snaps. If you're struggling to find a tight end, I definitely think you could look to the second round rookie. And I think Mayer could sneak into that low end tight end one conversation rest of the season. He's been overshadowed by the other guys because they got their opportunity before him. But he's coming on now and he is a talented tight end. We could see him have a strong finish to the season here. Behind him, we have another one of the rookies, Luke Musgrave on the Packers. He's got a nice matchup with the Broncos. The only problem for Musgrave is that all the receivers for Green Bay are healthy now. Plus, you're going to have Aaron Jones. He's likely going to come back after the bye. So the targets could be hard to come by for Musgrave. That might make him a little more inconsistent, but he's a streamer. Jonu Smith on the Falcons, he's been producing at least four catches and 35 yards in each of his last five games. So he's a worthy streamer. And it's hard to know if this one was game plan specific or if this was a sign of things to come, but Taysom Hill catching seven passes for 49 yards. That was certainly a surprise in week six. He never gets that many looks as a pass catcher. And it sounds like Juwan Johnson's going to remain out. So Taysom is a risky streamer, but he is somebody that you could look to. And really, those are all your options for for fantasy streamers this week at tight end. I list some other ones in the column, but no one that I really feel good about starting. So that brings us to defenses for week seven. And there's a lot of options here, so don't worry. I'm sure you can get one of them. Uh, The Browns defense that just took it to the 49ers, they've been one of the best units all season. Now they're going to get Gardner Minshew and the Colts, so you have to like them. Not just in this game, but I think they're one of those defenses you could pick up and just keep playing moving forward. Uh, The Packers, they're coming off a bye. They get to take on the Broncos, like I mentioned. Denver giving up the eighth most fantasy points to opposing defenses. Uh, The Raiders, they're going to face Tyson Bajan and the Bears. There's a bunch more, though. I mean, the Rams versus the Steelers, the Seahawks at home against the Cardinals, the Buccaneers battling Desmond Ritter and the Falcons, the Commanders versus the Giants. There's just so many choices for defensive streamers this week, and it makes it one position that I think you probably don't have to sweat this week. The rest of them, you're likely going to have some work to do to fill those holes from all the injuries and from all the players on by, but hopefully this episode helps. Hopefully the full week seven waiver wire column helps. So go check that out over at the score. But that is all for today's show. So the first edition of my week seven rankings, that's going to be up later today. I'll be back with a guest joining me tomorrow. But until then, big thanks for downloading and subscribing to the show. Big thanks for all you listening. And we'll see you next time. Said leave on time. My baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.